To improve is to change. To be perfect is to change often. These words from Winston Churchill can help us as we reflect on all that is going on around us. Welcome to CampCast. I'm Kyle Enfield, and I am joined on this episode by Steve Hammond, president of Virginia Headwaters Council. If you've never had a chance to sit down with Steve, try to find the opportunity to. You can find him at scouting events around the council, and his laugh is infectious. So grab a cup of coffee and come sit by the fire as Steve talks to us about what's happening today at the Virginia Headwaters Council. Welcome to CampCast. I'm Kyle Enfield, and I'm joined on this episode by Steve Hammond, president of the Virginia Headwaters Council. Steve, I really appreciate you ta- taking the time to talk to me today. Glad to be here, Kyle. Uh, so we like to start all of these episodes asking scouts and scouters their favorite camping story, because really, you know, if you're a, a scout or a scouter, our favorite times are sitting around the campfire uh, telling, about, telling each other about all the horrible camping trips we had and loving every minute of them. Yeah, that's been my experience. I, I, as a scout leader, I learned that the scouts never remembered the good camperees that everything went well. They always liked the adverse weather where it was freezing or it was flooding or the hike was too hard. Those are the ones they remember. And that's the one I remember the most. I, I went with my family in 1999 to camp for a cub camp, camping in a Camp Shenandoah. And we had this huge tent. We set it up. The night we were there, it was a huge windstorm. It whipped this tent all around. Trees were falling everywhere. It poured down rain. We were soaked inside our tent. The next morning, I get up. I'm trying to carry this huge tent from the campground back to the parking lot. Uh, In those days, the roads were even worse than they are now, and there were huge potholes. There were almost waterfalls in some places in the road. I'm walking through all this water. I get to the car. I put the wet tent into the back of the car, uh, get all the stuff weathered up. We're ready to leave. It's raining. And all of a sudden, the clouds break and the sun comes out. And it was a beautiful Sunday morning at camp. We were a little soggy, but at least we were able to enjoy breakfast and a little bit of sunlight. You know, uh, there are so many beautiful Sunday mornings at Camp Shenandoah. And I know that not everyone has gotten to experience Camp Shenandoah recently, but I hope a lot of people get out there this summer uh, to go to camp and enjoy it because uh, I think all of us who have been in the council for any amount of time uh, have fond memories of that place. Oh, it's um, such a beautiful camp. and There's so much for people to do out there from adults all the way down to the lowest Cub Scouts. and I mean, everybody has a good time at camp. And uh, that's one of the things we're encouraging all our in-council folks to go to our camp. Uh, there's a lot of Boy Scout camps and a lot of Scout camps out there, a lot of uh, Cub Campery uh, activities, but come to our camp and help help build it up. And we want to do some great things with our camp and make some repairs out there. So right now it's in good shape and it's looking good, but we always want to do something a little bit better. 
So just so you know, Troop 114 refers to the, the kind of campout you just described as type 2 fun. So type 1 fun is the fun that everyone knows you're having fun. This is like going to the movie theaters at the amusement park. You know, Everyone recognizes that you're having a good time right then. Type 2 fun is the fun that only becomes fun when you tell the story the third or fourth time uh, to the person <laughs> that wasn't there. Yeah, those those are the kind of camperies that get better and better with time. And the stories, of course, that the the water gets higher, the snow gets deeper, and, and it just becomes a you know a really test of human feet to get there. It's amazing. So I know a lot of people don't know what the council president does. So could you just sort of summarize what your position is and and what you do for the the scouts and scouters out in their unit? Sure. Uh, as council president, I, I make some of the major decisions, uh, along with our assistant scout executive, Sue Hart, uh, we get together and make some of the major decisions, uh, that run the day-to-day business of the council. Now, if it's a, it's a decision that requires, uh, lots of money involved or the disposal of land, like we're doing now with the council office then it requires the executive board to be involved. And I kind of help with the mundane day-to-day things uh, with Sue Hart, our assistant scout executive. Now, she does even more of the mundane day-to-day things. Uh, I countersign checks. I review who we're paying things to. I review expense reports. I do those kind of administrative executive things. Uh, but, you know, when it comes down to it, I'm really the council cheerleader. I'm the person at the top trying to motivate folks to do certain aspects of work for the council. I'm the one there trying to get uh, units to to enjoy themselves and do the right thing as far as scouting reports and things like that. Uh, My job is to just to buck up the council and make sure we're headed in the right direction, and I believe we are. I think... When I started in scouting um, with my son, who I'm gonna now I'm gonna completely mess up how many years ago that was, but uh, he was a tiger scout and he's now in Troop 114. Um, I couldn't really figure out the difference between the volunteer um, sort of executives and the the paid staff. How how should people like think about those two different positions? Because it's clear to me now that they're both really important to make the council run the way it does. Right. There, we have three people who get paid in our council. Uh, one is the assistant scout executive, Sue Hart. The other is Terry, the office assistant or office manager. That's there in the office uh, running, doing the day-to-day accounting stuff, doing the rosters, doing uh, what registrar work, doing all those type things, putting together the uh, request for uh, advancement and those kind of things. And then we have Bill Hunter. He's the ranger. Uh, at our camp. Those are only three people that get any pay out of this council. Uh, I'm a volunteer, just like an assistant scoutmaster or assistant den leader. Uh, I volunteer my time. It's been more and more time since I took the president's position, but and, and sometimes I even get to do my real job. But, but uh, the one hour a week thing is kind of like the time uh, that uh, I get to go home and relax. So uh, there's a lot going on these days, but that's that's kind of the way the council handles the things that keep, make us a, a scouting unit or a scouting council. Without the office folks, 
taking care of the paperwork, taking care of the registrar, interfacing with national BSA without a couple of folks there, then we wouldn't have a program. We would have individual units, but we wouldn't have a cohesive program under a charter with BSA. So they do the clerical type things. Uh, I'll help make the big decisions along with the executive board. Nobody on the executive board ever gets anything for compensation. Matter of fact, we pay out of our pocket for everything that we do. So that's kind of ha- that's the difference between our professionals, three people, and the rest of the volunteers that run the executive board. So you mentioned a lot of the things that are going on with our council lots right now. We've got uh, people who've transitioned out of the council. We've got uh, some new leadership, or, or actually some new newish leadership for Sue Hart, who's been around for a little while. We've got changes in names. We've got you know some fiscal issues with the potential selling selling in the office. Um, some people may not actually know that that is going on at all, but people who do know can create a lot of anxiety. Uh, I've learned in in my life that the, the two things that can really make people uh, scared are uh, any sort of change whatsoever. Uh, particularly if it's moving their parking place. Right. And, and I can tell you that uh, the reason we only have a few paid professional staff now is because I believe, in my opinion, for too long we had too many folks that we were paying. And the membership in our council dropped in half over the COVID period. So we're serving, when I first started with scouting here in this council back in 1998, there were over 7,000 scouts in our council. Now there's 1,700. Wow. And to me, that's a shock. And that's why we had that big office in those days, because there were more than 10,000 at one point. And so we had to have the administrative staff just to handle the day-to-day scouting uh, administrative work that comes along with running a council. We needed those people. We don't need them all. We're about the size of a large district in some areas. So we need less people to run that. And even though we had less activity going on for the COVID period, and then subsequent to that, we were still paying a lot of staff folks. And we were still having to do the things that we normally do, maintain camp, uh, maintain the vehicles at camp. Uh, All that type of work costs money. And the cost money that we had didn't have because scouting was not going on. So we had to get a line of credit and we incurred such debt during that time that right now the office, though it is a wonderful place that I love and have lots of fond memories of, it's too big for our needs now and it has some worth to it. So by selling that office, we'll be able to use the proceeds from that to pay down part of the line of credit and to maintain the safety of our camp and the remainder of the council. So we only have two properties. One is the camp and one is the council office. So if we, if we sell the council office, there will be no more scout shop, unfortunately. But there will be, we'll be able, we want to accommodate all the advancements. So that's one thing we're going to try to do. But we have this looming uh, debt that we owe, and I want, what we want to do is be able to pay a substantial payment on that and then hopefully work with the bank to make it out over, move it out over time uh, in anticipation of our, our uh, 
scouting program coming back. Uh, we're never going to be back to the heydays uh, of 10 years ago, but we're going to have more kids in our program. I know we are. We're going to make more efforts to do that, uh, but we have to be downsized to accommodate the reality of where we are now. So we have debt. The reason we're selling the offices, it's much too big for our use anymore, and we need the money. So it's a lot of uh, effort there on the, the the paid staff we have to to pick up some slack. Um, I'm personally really shocked about the numbers you just quoted there. I don't think many of us that uh, sit in our individual units uh, know that scouting numbers have fallen that much. Uh, I guess you know I've, I've been fortunate to be in two units that uh, are growing, if anything else. So why do you think our, we're seeing downtrend? Is that a national downtrend as well, or is it just locally that we're seeing uh, fewer people get involved in scouting? Nationally, BSA's numbers have been falling since 1972, uh, and that trend continued for years and years. Uh, I think one of the reasons, obviously there's many reasons, some of them mean there's much more for kids to do now than it was back when I was a kid. Okay? There's more organized sports. There's more uh, things that they can participate in where it doesn't take, scouting takes an investment of time, and scouting takes an investment of dollars. and Sometimes that's not attractive to families, but scouting is worth every effort that you have to put into it. But over time, we have lost that membership just because, one, the parents, they didn't have a background in scouting either, so they didn't know the value of it unless they happened to run into it somewhere. So we lost there. We lost during COVID because some units went away and never came back. We lost when we had some membership changes. I mean... Like you said, people don't like changes. And when we changed the eligibility uh, of membership who we let in, some people didn't like that. And then more recently, we had the national lawsuit where national bankruptcy, uh, there was ad after ad. You couldn't turn the television on without seeing an ad about uh, abused scouters and victims of, of what happened. And most of that, 90% of that happened uh, in the 70s and the 80s. and it was horrible that it occurred, and scouting wanted to make sure that the people who were harmed were compensated, uh, but we also wanted to maintain a program to continue. I don't think those ads on TV did anything for our image of scouting. Uh, even though scouting now has one of the best uh, youth protection programs available, matter of fact, our youth protection program now is the gold standard uh, that other organizations look to. But certainly the double punch of the COVID pandemic, the, the bankruptcy proceedings and the ads that followed that, along with the national trends, have really taken its toll on our membership. You've given me one more good reason not to uh, get cable back at our house because I don't really need to see any ads that will make me more depressed than uh, sometimes <laughs> I feel anyway just because of reading the newspapers. So uh, <laughs> definitely don't need the ads of, uh, of scouting being glad, that's for sure. Um, so what can we do off the volunteers and the, the out of the council, how do we help the council come back from this and, and what do we need to do uh, locally and, and how can we help out? The thing that I tell people now is we are trying to do as much service to, to the districts and, and units as we have before, but we have a very reduced staff and that's going to be very difficult for us to do. So I ask for patience uh, when it comes to us resolving issues and getting things done. It's going to require some patience because we're trying to get 
these things done, and there's a lot to do. Uh, we have a lot of volunteers who are taking over uh, things that professionals did before. Uh, Jay Fox, one of their board members, is pretty much taking over running camp as far as putting together a staff. Uh, he's got a great staff coming board, and he's taking over that aspect of what we do, where we used to have a paid professional that did that. Uh, we have membership chairs where we're pushing the membership uh, at the district levels. And what people at the units can do is recruit, recruit people to come into your unit. Uh, I've always encouraged, bring your friends to the scout meeting. Bring your friends to the cup pack meeting. Uh, you have fun there. Don't you think they would have fun too? Uh, so, you know, those individuals can be our big recruiters. And in the fall, have, have membership drives, have the scout night. I mean, have every available thing that you can do to bring membership into your unit. Some people say, my unit's too big. We don't want any more people. Well, if you've got people available, bring them in. We'll start a new unit somewhere. So that's one thing they can do. They can participate in popcorn and peanuts sales. I know many troops don't like to do that, or many PACs don't like to do that. But that brings money not only to the council, not a lot, but brings some, but it brings money to the individual PACs and to the individual scout VSA. Those scouts that do that, they get accounts with their unit that they can pay for summer camp. It helps the council. It helps your scouting unit. You can pay fees. You can pay your recharter fee out of all the all the funds that you get back if your uh, your scouts are out there selling. So that's another thing that they can do. And really, like I said earlier, come to our camp. Come to Camp Shenandoah. There's like a, lots of good camps out there, but we really need you at our camp, and I think you would have a good time. So coming to our camp, selling popcorn and peanuts, and recruiting folks, that will help our council continue to thrive. Yeah, I uh, I personally think that the uh, best thing for our council and probably all councils is our youth. Um, you know, I've seen so many of our programs grow, not because of the things that the adults do, but because of the things that they used to. Uh, and I keep telling uh, some of my, my friends that, you know, the, the key to, to a successful uh, scouting venture is, is uh, let the youth lead and just be there to support them, which I think is kind of what you're saying as well. And, and, and then I, I do hope everyone hears that message to, to come home to Camp Shenandoah this year because uh, now more than ever, we need you at camp to, to help us uh, move into the future. And I, I do know that they're going to have a great time because uh, the, the camp staff is working hard to have a great camp this year. And Kyle, you bring up a good point, and I, and I point this out to people all the time, that when you are involved in scouting as an adult and you see the young, young folks coming through the program, you see a development. And I have seen backwards children who you know, didn't want to say much at a meeting or just would stay out of the limelight. Years down the line, end up giving PowerPoint presentations at a uh, Order of the Arrow event. And just standing up and delivering and being professional and demonstrating the characteristics that we try to develop in the young folks that come through our program. It's the best development program for character and leadership in the world. And I'm proud to be a part of it. I'm sure you are too. And it's an opportunity to, to develop the future leaders of our country who will help ethics and values that they depend on. And we can certainly always use that. 
Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, for the listeners out there, you know, I think we people hear that all the time about different programs, but uh, it's really interesting to know that there's actually been research done on the scouting program and the impact that it has on youth uh, and the gains that uh, people who participate in scouting get compared to the gains that they gain, gain, get in other programs is uh, really phenomenal. And so I just encourage uh, those parents out there that are listening to this today to to recruit their next door neighbor or better yet, have their kid recruit their friends because that's how, how we continue to do what we're doing. Steve, thanks for taking some time tonight uh, with me and talking about all of these uh, sometimes difficult conversations, probably not the uh, podcast that everyone wants to listen to as they're driving in from work, but uh, I appreciate you being our council cheerleader. Uh, any words yeah, of wisdom I, before we wrap this up? No, I, I appreciate everything that our volunteers do. You're very valuable to our program, and I certainly appreciate our youth. You may not know it yet, but you're developing great habits. You're developing characteristics that will carry you for the remainder of your life and put you in a good place. Uh, above the heads of others who don't involve themselves in scouting. So good luck to all my uh, friend, fellow scouters out there and uh, keep coming to camp and keep doing the things that will make our, our uh, council much strong. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Have a great night. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for joining us for another edition of CampCast, and I hope you got as much out of that conversation with Steve Hammond as I did. If you have other ideas of topics you'd like us to explore on CampCast, please reach out to me or Adam Sowers. And we look forward to seeing you around the campfire, either at Camp Shenandoah or here on CampCast. Have a great day.